about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. going to go straight into the word this morning and I will use as a text 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 to 9 I'm using the amplified but the classic edition 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 to 9 my subject is getting us on stock from Depression, getting on stock from depression. He says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours. What did he say again? For that enemy of yours. I didn't hear you. For that what? enemy of yours the devil roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger seeking someone to seize upon and devour withstand him what does he say you should do withstand I didn't hear you louder say what withstand him be firm in faith against his onset, not long afterwards, but against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christ throughout the world. Breathe over your word this morning because God, we are fighting a principality called depression that culminates into mental health issues and the summation of it is suicide. And so Father, as we declare mental healing spiritual healing, physical healing this month. Let your word come out with accuracy and precision. That lives will be shaped, dreams will be fulfilled, and success will be guaranteed. In Jesus' name we pray. So I've been dealing with this topic and it's just kind of amazing and a bit shocking why sometimes God lays a topic on my heart and this topic didn't really come majorly from contemplation but also from confirmation of a young woman in church who says that a lot of people are dealing with, especially the young ones, are dealing with depression and what do we do about it. And it kind of resonated in my spirit and I started to deal with this from the beginning of September. To my amazement, 
is all over the news, on Sky, in the newspaper. It's suddenly a, a, a great thing and a great point of confirmation when things start to happen like that. I feel I've heard this in one or two churches around the world that are a bit popular because we need to deal with this as a church. Depression is very real. It can cause people to feel isolated. It makes people feel alone and hopeless like everything around you is falling apart. We need to talk about depression and anxiety. We need to begin this discussion in churches, in our cell groups, in our different areas. We need to talk about this demon or this principality or this epidemic of depression. The church needs to speak about eating disorder, schizophrenia, suicidal thoughts. Ho hopefully, I'm believing God that as we talk about it, people will begin to ask questions that they were reluctant to ask before. Can a Christian experience mental illness? Does it mean that if I am depressed or facing mental illness, does it mean that I don't have enough faith? Is it okay to take medication for mental illness? So if I take medication, does that mean my faith is not high enough to be healed? Shouldn't we really be talking about this? What if I pray hard and study my Bible more? Will it make my anxiety go away? Can children have mental illness or depression? Can start to see some people are even uncomfortable right now as we're talking about this. So, Pastor, what happens to a Christian who takes their life? and commits suicide? Shouldn't we be asking that question? Maybe you're not asking it because it's not yet, it hasn't happened to someone close to you. Wasn't there a big discussion about the 9-11 when a man jumped from those high stories and came down and he was a Christian and they tried to find if he was the one or not the one by his clothes, by his body frame. And the family was vehemently denying that it is him because they believe that if he jumped, he's going to hell because he committed suicide. Is that really true? Are we taking the place of God? These are questions we need to ask. These are questions that need to be answered. Because Satan uses depression to steal a person's spiritual power and freedom. He seeks to fill our minds with darkness and gloom and bring us down emotionally. 
However, if we discuss this in church, we'll be able to declare how God actually wants to help us live free from depression. He, he, God wants to, his main aim, as I said this morning, is to fill our lives with joy, with hope, with expectation of good things in life. And one of the most important parts of defeating depression is winning the war over our feelings. Uh, when depression attacks, what we normally feel like is doing is giving up. When it comes, that's the first thing we do. We just give up. However, the, the, the way we respond to depression makes all the difference. In, in the book of First Peter, chapter 5, and, and verse 8 to 9, we did see that the Bible says that we should resist the devil at its onset. It is important that we resist him as soon as the feeling of depression comes because the longer we allow it to remain, the harder it is to resist the devil. All of us will deal with disappointments. All of us. Don't be fooled by the makeup. And don't be fooled by the clothes. Don't be fooled by the perfume. You can put a perfume on a problem. You can dress up an issue in life. You can wake up in the morning and flip the pages of your life and disappointment knocks on the door. Every one of us will face disappointment. It's part of life. However, if we let our disappointments lead us to discouragement, then discouragement leads us to depression. So the church wants to talk about this. We want to really have this discussion. But we really want to say to us, there is hope. And what has happened is that people lack the, 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 the ability to fight. So on Sundays, I give solutions. On Wednesday, I show you inroads. How do people actually get depressed? And you, you need to pick up the CD or download it. For Wednesday, it was mind-blowing. It was hard, and some of you may argue about it, but I'm trying to help you. Uh, I spoke about things that people don't want to hear. But on Sundays, we want to deal with how do we actually get out of it. And the first thing we dealt with is we said you need to learn to what? Transfer it to God. One of the greatest lies of Satan is that there is no hope for those suffering depression. You can see that I'm taking my time because this is a real issue that we need to deal with. I just got a phone call this week of one of our great, 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 great workers and leaders in church who's, who the partner of her sister who has served also this church uh, in one way or the other. The man just left the home three, four weeks ago. They called him and called him. Answered the phone once and dropped the phone. And then they called again after another week and there was no answer. 
So they went to his house or the flat or the room he decided to rent after leaving the home that he was in for 13, 14 years and has a child. Knocked on the door. The door just opened and they met his decomposed suicidal body. Six days. Isolation. Because when the devil can isolate you, he's got you. Let me just say this as an addendum to what we're talking about. Let me just say this, and I hope everyone will listen to this. If you are ever battling through something, just keep coming to church. You may sit way at the back. You may even sit in the toilet. You may sit anywhere. But when the devil can isolate you, he's got you. And the first thing the devil will tell you is no one loves you. First thing we spoke about is you need to learn to transfer it to God. The second thing we spoke about last week, the second T, is you've got to learn to take immediate action. Depression must be challenged promptly. If you allow it to remain, it will spread like cancer. It will corrupt every area of your life. And I said four things you need to fight against to overcome depression and sorrow. Fight comparison. Fight your inner critic. Fight isolation. And fight unrealistic goals. Today, if I can do two or one, I will bless God for that. The third T I want to talk about is trust, 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 trust the love of God. You could see how many times I said this. Nobody, ladies and gentlemen, can care and love you beyond the love of God. Nobody can. Nobody can. No one will break down walls. No more one will climb mountains. No one will leave 99 to go after one. No one will love you more than the love of God. And let me say this. It is only God that can put the love you need in the heart of people who can love you. Anytime you run after the love of man, you, you deny the undiluted love of God. Let me say this again. It is only God that can put the love of you in the minds of people. Not you. When you look for his love, he's capable of putting your love in the heart of people. God raised a Cyrus to love the people and help them, not them seeking a Cyrus. We run all over the place, exhausting ourselves in trying to win the love of people without recognizing that it is the love of God that is preeminent and it is only God that can put the love we require in the light, in, in the hearts of other people. We, we want to garner favor. We want to run after favor. 
We want people to love us. We want to be known. But it is only God that can make people love us. Because Jesus came to die and as righteous and as gracious and as loving he was, people still did not love him. Jesus loves you so much that he will send the help you need. And it may not be in the circle of the people you follow. I, I, I just missed an amen from someone there. Jesus loves you so much that because he died for you, what you need he will provide. Not what you want though, but what you need. And he will provide it and help you out of the circle of the people you're with. Because when you keep running after the love of people, depression will set in. One of the greatest places of depression is when we seek the love of people. And now there are, there are multiple various platforms in how we seek it now. We seek it in church. We seek it at work. We seek it among our, 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 our families. We seek it between our spouse. And then we now seek it on Instagram, Facebook, and all that. So we put our best feet forward, always trying to measure up to the expectations and still don't get the likes that we require. And that's when we start to compare ourselves and that's when we start to get depressed. We're asking questions that we shouldn't be because we're asking the wrong people the right questions. <laughs> the wrong people the right questions. You're asking the right questions but the wrong people because ultimately what you're looking for is love. Please, if you could just love me, I will be fine. That's what drove me to my knees in this place years ago. I just wanted people to love me. I'm pastor of Worship Tabernacle, but I'm driving down to church. And every Sunday I'm having palpitations. I, I, I don't need to preach to impress you. Not anymore. Any place you're going to, that you're having palpitations, when you check the root of it, is you're trying to seek people to love you. And we chase after that more than we chase after God. That's why it erodes us of his perfect peace. We all do that. God will bypass people to reach you. He will do that. But we are not seeking him. We're seeking man. And so the question is, how do I trust the love of God? Because many people don't trust his love. One of the things you need to do is you need to learn to ask. 
accept his love. So the first thing is, how do I trust his love? I can't trust what I don't accept. You, you, you can't trust someone that you don't really naturally accept. You, you, you can't trust me if you don't accept me as your pastor. Are you following what I'm saying? And, 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 and most of the time you say, prove yourself. It's already proven, you just don't want to accept it. Because, listen to me, that word accept actually means you accommodate and you take on based on the reputation of the person, not based on your condition. I just missed that. You cannot accept Christ's love based on your condition. You can't give him a conditional offer before you accept it. It is not an economic or a legal transfer. It's not a signature. It, it, it is him saying, I love you. Accept me even though you don't understand. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because of his promises. And so in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 10, he says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has what? Mercy on you. People forsake God because they feel he is not enough for them. Hence, they disallow God in their life and they trust people's love for them more than the love of God. It is the, one of the major roots of depression. When we disallow God's love for us, on the altar of trying to make people love us. They feel that God is not enough. When you accept his love, you stop condemning yourself. When you accept his love, you stop condemning yourself. Because when you accept his love, you will speak his word into your life and no more your words or the words of any other person. They may not need to love you because they may not understand you. They didn't understand Jeremiah. They didn't understand Elijah. They obviously didn't understand Jesus. But just imagine that Jesus was trying to seek. He was trying to seek the love of people. He would not die on the cross for us. Pastor may never know you. That doesn't mean you're not important. The ones even he knows, he wants to get rid of them. <laughs> this doesn't mean you're not important. People garner. They garner for recognition. They garner. They love to, get, to be known. And at the same time, they dissipate Christ's love in them. 
You think the amount of times you're invited to a party determines how much popular you are? No. No. You think the amount of times that you fall into the right group of people that determines how good you are? No. It is the amount of time, as someone rightly said to me this morning, that there is a conference about you in heaven that makes you popular or unpopular. When you receive the love of God, your vocabulary will change. God would want you to start to speak his language. I may not be perfect, but I know God loves me and he has a great plan for me. When you accept his love, you stop condemning yourself. Yes, I have faults, but God is working on me, changing me day by day. While he does that, I can still enjoy life. I, I, I want people to like me, and I do want people to like me, but my sense of worth isn't dependent on them. No, Jesus has already proved, proven my worth by dying on the cross for me. Mm. I know this is not exciting for some people. No, Pastor, they, 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 just tell me how I can make money. There are people who have money and f- are fools. There are people who make money and their children don't want to have anything to do with them and their money. I remember there's, there's, there's a very popular person way back home in my wife's country. <laughs> very popular, very rich. And three of the children says, if I'm in his will, Elad, take me out. Because, you know why? Because you can run and chase after money at the expense of being a monster. People may not like me, but I know Christ loves me. I refuse to be controlled or manipulated by others. Even if they reject me, I will survive. For Jesus has promised never to leave me or forsake me. When you receive the love of God, you will start to say to yourself, I like myself. I, I don't like everything I do, and I do want to change. But I refuse to reject myself because God loves me and accepts me. Can you see how your words are steeped in the way God sees you than the way people see you and you see yourself? No, no, you start to say, no matter how many times I fail, I, I won't give up. Because God is with me. The Bible made it clear that the mountains would depart. People would depart. Money may depart. Things may depart. The hills may be removed. But my kindness will not depart from me. That's all I need. So God's kindness to me doesn't also now depend on my reputation. It just depends upon his condition. Did you see the difference? I can't accept his love based on my condition. I accept his love based on his reputation. But God loves me not based on my reputation, but based on his condition. Because his condition says, I love you, period. Regardless of who you are. Men's 
says, I love you if you can do this and this and this. So you have to have a resume that fits into their society before they can accept you. And Christ says, I had died even before you were born. And that kills depression. So you've got to learn to accept his love for you. And also, you've got to learn to accept his image of you. Two things. You've got to accept God's love for you. But you've also got to accept his, his, not yours, his image of you. Can you just imagine an artist who all of his paintings look the same? God does not make junk. God has accepted you regardless. I can't be like Pastor Ife. I can't be like Minister Daniel. I can't be like Oric. If I try, I will kill myself. Are you following what I'm saying? They have their own course. They have their own vision. They have their own drive. Also, they have their own purpose. I may be a twin, but I can't be like my twin brother. Neither is my twin brother trying to be like us because we've been exhausted trying to do that and it never worked. Because although there was one... Is it one egg that divided into two? Is it? Is it? Okay. I've been preaching too much. My biology is a bit hazy. So, 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 so one egg identical divides into two. If they're not identical, then it's the embryo. Embryo, egg, embryo. I'm not trying to be like them. So, although one embryo divided into two, which produced identical twins, God didn't say they would do identical things. He just said, because I came out first. (laughs) He just said it would be a total waste of humanity. It would be an abysmal failure for me, God to produce only one kind of this great specimen. (laughs) That's number one point. Second point, he felt there's so much more he wants to do and invest that he felt, "Mm, mm, mm, mm. let me have another one so I can just take the others and keep reproducing it. So that's why I'm not like Oric. He can sing, just one of him. But he, God so much loved me that on Monday morning, he must have said, this is fresh time. Let me create two of this time because I spent so much time with this. However, after he had finished, he says, now this is your destiny, this is your destiny. If you ever try to fall into the image that I did not create and follow his image, you will go down the road of depression and exhaustion. And you may end your life earlier than what I called you to do. 
That is why it is wrong for parents to compare children. It's a major disaster. Everywhere you found that in the Bible, you saw disaster. Very wrong. Because the one who, in court, is a black sheep tomorrow may become the president. The black sheep today may become the president tomorrow. I've seen in my own personal life a reversal. A reversal. Where the last can be the first. You know, most of us who come in the middle, we're not really appreciated. The first, they will do a really big naming ceremony. The second, they'll just manage two holes and do it at home. And then, if the last now comes and is a different gender from every, the other two that came, then they will, all the force will be on them. And you who is in the middle, you're just always in the middle. But God has a, a, a real good work for the middle. Mm, mm, mm. Because while they focus on the first and the last, the middle is moving. And before they know anything, it's like a, you in the middle, you're just like a scaffolding. They can't see you because it's all covered up. You're covered first and you're covered last. I'm trying to encourage someone who is depressed that they didn't do a naming ceremony for them. <laughs> They're just like scaffolding. And, and so they, they didn't realize how tall the building is until they took the scaffold. They, wow! You're a wow! Those who are first and last didn't say amen to that. <laughs> Your wow. God created you in his image, all of you, y'all. All of you in his image and according to his likeness. But you've got to accept his image of you. The main problem in rejecting God's love is because I can't accept the image he created. We consistently reject ourselves. I'm a twin. My twin brother, he's... He, he, he will receive his doctorate in the next few weeks. I, I struggled to get through my master's. He's been asking me, I said, one is enough for the family. He, he, can, he, can, he can churn out a thesis in, 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 in six months. I'll be praying and fasting for the six months so he can see me through the rest. Does that mean I may not decide to go and do my job? I may decide. But it is what is his journey? What is my journey? What is the image that God has produced for me? And how am I profiting God's image in my life? Not rejecting it. Your sister could be smarter than you. Bless God for that. But find your niche. Find what God has called you to do. Stop rejecting yourself. Because when you do that and things don't work out... At times, we've now faced the issue of depression. And when you start rejecting yourself, these are the words that pronounce, that come out of your mind, and it comes from the heart and the mind of a a depressive spirit. So instead of saying, God is still working on me, instead of saying that Jesus has already paid the price for me, so I'm worth something, we start to say, nothing ever changed. You start to say, I can't bear it. I can't see any way out. Why, 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 should I, why should I even try? My usefulness is over. I hate myself. I'm helpless to change. 
I can't do anything. We start to say, nobody loves me. Even God hates me. God is trying to punish me for the mistake I made last year. I, I must have done something wrong for my twin brother, my sister, my brother, my friend to be making progress. And I'm still where I am. No one will ever love me. That was my last chance to make it. And now I'm hopeless. It always happens to me. I have nothing to live for. It's hopeless. You forget that Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For surely I, God, who created you, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare and not to harm you. To give you a future with hope. I have plans for you. I have plans for you. I have plans for you. The devil's plan is to still kill and destroy. My plan for you. Because I created you. I don't quit junk. I don't care how you came through. Maybe your mom and your dad didn't expect you to come. But you're here hey, anyway. And my, my dad and mom didn't expect twins. Come on. They may have said, oh, I want twins. Not in those days. Not in their condition. Not when there was no, nothing here. And no family to help them. Just twins like that. They were not expecting it. But hey, we are here. And you know what? God always provides for what he creates. And because God provided, hey, this is what God has called us to do. God has a purpose. God has a plan for you. God knows what he's going to do in your life. It may be late, but it's coming through. It may not be as fast as others, but it is coming through. It may not be where others are right now, but it is coming through. Only if I accept his image. So I like the way God created me. Not everything about me. It's right, but if I accept his love, I can accept his image. I can accept it. So I'm not going to end my life. Because somewhere, someplace, something is waiting for me. So the best thing for me is to just take the line upon line. I may keep walking with a limp. And I might not walk properly and fast as anyone. But I'm not going to stop walking. Even putting it on a whiskey bottle makes more sense than some of our lives. Johnny Walker still says, I'll keep walking. Some of you drink it without knowing what it says. You should stop drinking it. He says, <laughs> just, just, just keep walking. Because if you don't keep walking, you won't reach that destination God is taking you to. You've got to accept his image. Because when he created you, you were not there. I mean, that sounds silly, but when he created you, you were not there. You didn't sketch the way you looked. You don't even have the ability to sketch the way you look. You couldn't even have sketched your life. Yes, maybe I made mistakes along the way, but the Bible still says, I will go before you and make the crooked path straight. That will stop me from getting depressed. Or that will stop me from fighting depression when it comes. 
Would it all knock on the door sometimes? Yes. Would you look beside you about how somebody else is succeeding? Yes. Would you look behind you and saw how someone has caught up with you? Yes. Would you look before you and see how many people have gone before you? Yes. But something must keep you grounded. Accepting his love and accepting his image. Because he alone knows where you're going. God, sorry to use this example, but how many times have we've seen people who have cut you off while you're driving and only for, their, for them, I'm not going to say the worst, let me just give you a story, only for them to have a, two things happen and God has forgiven me and I'm not doing it anymore. This has happened to me too. Uh, you know when someone just cuts you off and just zooms off and as you're zooming off, you're angry and then you just say, cha cha. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Just, 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 just the, 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 the light, the speed light. And, you just, and then he slows down. And you just, I've done it before. God forgive me. And then he just slows down. As he slows down, you just go past. And you look at him. And you smile. And you just think, that's devilish. <laughs> oh, you've never done that before. I have. And my wife is tapping me, pastor. I said, I'm, I'm a driver, I'm not a pastor. Let's keep driving. Like, you know, because I use Waze. So Waze tells me, speed, he just, and when I looked at him, I pressed the horn. He now showed me his car is fast. But it ended with three points. <laughs> I've seen serious things that God has mutually helped me with. I've seen someone who's just, bam, zoom. I said, wow, this car is fast. Only for him to have a flat tire. Ten minutes later. It's not how fast you go. You can be fast on the wrong lane. Just trust God's love. Accept the image of who you are. It's not another message. It's a prophetic word for you. You've got to really rehearse this so many times. And start to do it. And the Lord God will destroy depression from your lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk. Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.